I have three questions for you, football fans. Which 0-2 teams can get out of their funk, and which ones may not? Are you starting to really feel sorry for Robert Griffin III? And is the marquee matchup in week three between two teams that went a combined 10 and 22 last season? This is Adeshina Koike, and you're listening to Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. Welcome you back to the week three edition of Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. My name is Adeshina Koike. Thank you so very much for joining us once again and joining me once again, as always, my co-host, Holly Culbertson. Holly, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You're recovered after the Bills came up just a little bit short at home uh, against New England. It, it was it was heartbreaking, <laughs> but they, they, they got it together, kind of. <laughs> you didn't quit on them, did you? Because no. a 20-point lead and the Bills got it to a you know, they did. They got it within five, and then the interception, and that was the end of that. So, but you know, I, I was impressed with how they came back because they looked dismal, and uh, so it gives me, you know, I, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned about that game, and I think that's how they came they came away with it. Um, it's going to be hard. To, any team's going to have a hard time beating the Patriots this year. I, they're not the only one that's going to be in that situation. So, on to week three. Yes, that was week two. Week three is getting ready to start. Actually, as a matter of fact, it did start on Thursday with the Thursday night game. The New York Giants at home finally getting on the win column for the first time in 2015, defeating Washington 32-21. to Once again, the Giants looked good between quarters one and three. And then the fourth quarter was a little hairy. Washington it got it uh, within a one-score game before the Giants were able to put the game away. Uh, Eli Manning, for as much flack as he is getting here in New York, he is having a really good season. Uh, no picks yet after three games. That was the last time you could say that That's Eli true. Manning went three consecutive games without throwing an interception. Yeah. Uh, but um, on the... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh. Oh no! They, they, there wasn't an interception because it hit the ground. I was like, oh, yes. wait, I, I forgot about that. It <laughs> no. hit the ground. Yes. Never mind. I'm yes. play. It was pulled no, right. no interception. In, in, yep, that's right. In that game, 23 of 32. Odell Beckham Jr. another touchdown catch. Before we even go to talk about Washington a little bit, how freaky and how amazing is Odell Beckham Jr.? Do you think is the best? Receiver of the league right now. He's one of the best. I would say he's one of the best. Okay. You know, um, he, he the things he can do <laughs> yes. just baffle me. <laughs> um, I would say he's one of the best. Actually, you know what I'm going to put ahead of him? And some people are you might be happy about this, is Decker. Best wide receiver. I'm talking about football in the league. Oh, league. League. Oh, okay. Okay, um, if, you, if you want to talk about best wide receiver in New York, we can have that conversation. Okay. But, you know, you in have, the league. You right. have Antonio Brown of that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, Julio true. Jones. Yeah. Jones. Uh, of Atlanta. Calvin uh, Johnson. Of yeah, I think Julio's got Julio Calvin. Jones? Yeah. Over I, 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 I would say... Oh, right up there. Top there. five. In the top five, for sure. He's I mean, there. the kid is just amazing. <laughs> I watch him like, how did you... How did yeah, and, then, wow. and then if you ever get to see some of the videos that um, is out there of some of the trick catches and one-handed catches he does, it's I know it's amazing. It's work. It, it is work, but he makes it look so easy. Yes. And then that's the thing that kills me. It's like, how does he do that? It just you see any other receiver in the league do one-handed catches and things like he does 
every day. This is just natural for him. You know, we get excited when our team's receivers do something crazy like that, but they just expect that from him because he can do it all the time, and no one knows how. I'm, no one knows I'm excited when my team catches the ball with two hands. I, to yeah, be me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me yeah, too. I'm excited so. with the basics, let alone what uh, Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Yeah. Uh, can do. And he's amazing. And you mentioned he makes things look easy. He, he makes does. things easy for Eli Manning, the he quarterback does. of the Giants. The and they got Cruz coming back. Yeah, um, for the Bills game. Yes, he, he, he he's coming back. He could be back. Calf injury. He could be back this week, but he said definitely for the Bills game. I was watching an interview with him before the game on Thursday, and he definitely said he wants to play at Buffalo. Well, so the thing is we'll now with Victor Cruz coming back soon, and we'll see how up to speed he is once he gets back onto the field. Just a few days ago, many writers, and I was with them at MetLife Stadium after the Falcons game, were already writing the Giants' 2015 obituary. Yeah. That it was done. No. Uh, after this win, and given everything that's going on in the NFC East, East. do you think the Giants definitely have a, ch- they have a chance, but oh, they yeah. have a legitimate chance yes. of winning this division? Oh, they do. Now that Romo's gone, absolutely they do. Dallas, it, look. They just they traded for Matt Castle, so I mean you know <laughs> they're, they're, they're well they need it yes they they, they need it <laughs> um, yeah with the injuries with Dallas and you know Romo's not coming back right away so um, the, it's it's open game it's I open mean, it's open uh, of, of all the divisions and I know uh, even though New England has won the division so many years we think the AFC East is going to be a very fun mm-hmm. race to watch it is do you think the NFC East as of right now given all the divisions given Romo's injury given Philadelphia's start given Washington being one and two do you think that's the most wide open where you really can't I think you can't predict predict you can't and predict the team with any sort of assuredness I I, I, you can't I think whoever wins this this division could definitely win on like a nine and then worse right they because I don't think you're gonna see a whole lot of production out of Dallas with Romo gone um Eagles, well, we'll talk about them later. <laughs> we will. Um, <laughs> and the Redskins are, you know, the, the, I have to say I was very impressed with the Redskins' defense on Thursday. They, they were f- overall very good. Um, uh, I was a lot more impressed with them than I thought I would be, you know. So if they tighten things up a little bit on their offense, I think the Redskins have some potential. Um, and Giants, well, you know, hey, they played decent Thursday. So if they keep doing that... Yeah, they have a shot. They have a legitimate shot. You mentioned Washington possibly needing to tighten up their offense. Their running game has done really well. Mm -hmm. The players ranked fourth and fifth in rushing in the National Football League are from Washington, Alfred Morris, and the rookie Matt Jones out of the University of Florida. But the biggest question, as it always is in Washington, is the quarterback position in Washington, where Kirk Cousins, once again, threw a couple of interceptions. He's had eight games that he has started in which he has thrown multiple interceptions. Washington is 0-8 in those games, despite the fact that a couple of years ago he was drafted, even after RG3 was drafted uh, second overall uh, in the 2012 draft. And now you see RG3 in street clothes. Well, not necessarily street clothes, but um, NFL apparel, but not pads and a jersey as the inactive third-string quarterback. And my question to you is, yes, we know there are... I guess personality clashes between RG3 and uh, some of his teammates and or the front office, even though the front office or 
the owner, Daniel Snyder, has been a fan of RG3 ever since uh, he got drafted. Are you telling me that RG3 right now couldn't do somewhat better than what Kirk Cousins is doing uh, right now? I think he could. I, I do think that. I, I so why do you Because yeah, I think there's, we talked about this uh, week one. Um, I think there's, I don't know what RG3 did. I mean, we don't know. They're being kind of secretive about that. But there's definitely some clash between him and the coach. So, and I think RG3 is paying the price for it. Um, and I don't think it's right. I think he, I think he would actually do better than um, Kirk Cousins right now. A lot better. <laughs> yes. um, so why not make that move? I don't know. I mean, that's that's up to their management, <laughs> whatever. But all I can say is the fact that they're not bringing him in, he really pissed somebody off. Yeah. I mean, he really he must have. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it goes back to the concussion thing or or what. But it, it seems to me if it was the concussion deal, that that's not a reason to bench somebody. So there, there's obviously something else going on here that we're unaware of why yeah. he's being benched. There's so. the one story that has circulated, which uh, does have some merit. Um, RG3's salary That's, for 2016 yeah. is $16 million. And it will be guaranteed if he were to play and get hurt uh, this season. So if RG3 were to get hurt, this season, mm-hmm. next season's salary is yeah. guaranteed, and it's sixteen million dollars. Yeah, now that's an issue. Yes. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's part of and it. And the team won't necessarily come out and say we're stashing RG three to make sure we don't pay him sixteen million dollars next year. But it's, 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 it's that, I'm it's sure that's part of it. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. I, but I also again think that there's something else going on here that we're we're not aware of, and. This is why they're doing this. A point that a couple of reporters made that I was uh, listening to, and I agree with it 100%. With the way Kirk has been playing, or any quarterback in that position has been playing and hasn't been playing well, the game that uh, Washington won, they let the run game win the game and the defense against St. Louis last Mm -hmm. week. If a quarterback has been performing that way, throwing interceptions left, right, and center. Usually... They get benched? Yeah, usually A, you get benched, and or B, if they haven't been benched, you have some of the other veterans on the team going to the coaches saying, uh, how come we haven't made a move yet? yet. Right, <laughs> okay? right. So that almost speaks to RG3 not really having that many friends and allies on the team. So Maybe if... This would have happened for another week or two. There would be murmurs, but it'd be maybe for Colt McCoy instead of RG3. And, you know, and I don't actually disagree with having McCoy come in because McCoy is actually a, a not half-bad quarterback. So, I mean, he pulled him out of some messes last year, so it, it probably wouldn't hurt. I think McCoy is actually better than Cousins, too. So, But McCoy was a little interception-prone as well. But I think you need to give that kid a chance. I mean, if you're not going to let RG3 play, then let McCoy play. Cousins isn't doing it. I think of the three quarterbacks, Colt McCoy has the personality where teammates can rally around around him. him. And he'll he'll do better if he has that. So if he has the the team rallying around him, he'll do better. Um, I think there's just a lot of discontent in that whole team right now, and they, they need to do something about it. And even with all that, discontent there one and two and in the NFC East which we have said is up for grabs so they are a two game winning streak away from being right uh, in the thick of the NFC East race so Washington one and two the Giants now one and two they went into this week three at 0 and two there are eight other teams 
going into week three that are 0-2. And, and some of the teams that are 0-2 are very, very surprising. So we'll run down the list. The Detroit Lions 0-2, New Orleans, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, Seattle Seahawks, the defending two-time NFC champions 0-2, the Philadelphia Eagles, Chicago Bears, and Indianapolis Colts. All of those teams Oh, and two. And the amazing thing about that roster of teams being 0 and 2, of those eight teams, six of the eight teams last year had winning records. Yes. Five of them won at least 10 games. Mm-hmm. Four made the playoffs. Philly won 10 and 6 last year, didn't make the playoffs. So you have a list of teams that if you combine their records from last year, it's well over 500. Yeah, absolutely. But six of these teams that had winning records, five of them that won 10 games, are now 0-2. And this is the statistic that all these teams have to worry about. Since the playoff format changed in 1990 and expanded, Mm -hmm. the current format that we have, 12 teams, of the teams that start 0-2 since 1990, Ninety, those teams only have an 11.7% chance of making the playoffs. So literally, just over one out of every 10 teams since 1990 that have started 0-2 make the playoffs. One of those teams last year, the Indianapolis Colts, yep. started 0-2, they ended up winning the yep. division. So they are one of the 11.7% that have made it, but usually the math is against teams right. that start 0-2. On this list, it's eight teams. The math says one, if not none of these teams, is going to make the playoffs. So I ask you to begin uh, this part uh, first down. Of these eight teams, I don't know if you want to start on the optimistic side or the pessimistic side. I'll let you start it off, whether plus or minus. Which of these teams, if any, can recover from this start? Which of these teams are pretty much screwed? Seattle will recover. Seattle will recover. Baltimore most likely will recover. Okay. So those are my two. Now, why do you say Seattle and Baltimore can recover from these? Um, because, well, Seattle is Seattle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Seattle. I mean, they lost some key players this year, but I, I, I just have, I don't know if it's a gut feeling, whatever. They have a decent, they still have a very tight defense. I, they Which have just a, got improved because Cam Chancellor is back. Hold out. Hold out. Dini's back. Um, you know, the, the running game is still there. Um, and now they have Fred Jackson as a backup, too. So uh, it, they, they, they'll get it together. Yeah. Th- they'll get it together. I, I, I'm not even worried about them at 0 2. So their pedigree right. of well, winning, and I guess right. Baltimore in a way. The same way. Yeah. Same thing. I, I, I think. You know, Baltimore's defense still stellar. Um, you know, Flacco, if anybody can pull him out of this mess, Flacco can. I mean, you, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. So he, they'll come out of it. I'm pretty sure they'll come out of it. Um, the rest of them? Detroit, I, I, New Orleans, I, I, Houston, I, I, Philadelphia, Chicago, Indianapolis. Yeah, so my biggest shock is Indy. Um, but, you know, obviously I, the Bills killed them. Um, the Jets just killed them. Um, and watching them play against the Jets, uh, they played the same way they played against the Bills, which was horrible. Um, and it, it's so surprising. Um, their defense is not there. They, it's just they're letting people run all over. Now, them. in that game against the Jets, their top two, three corners were out. So oh. they were playing nickelback as number one right. corner, right. number two corner. Yeah, so their defense is in really hurting shape, and I don't know what's going on, um, you know, with – 
their offense, but th- they need to, to regroup. Um, they are not and Indy's got a tough schedule. They are not going to make it. They're just I just don't think see them making it. So you are worried more for Indy yeah. than some of the other teams. Oh, yeah. Even though Indy last year was one game yeah. with the Super Bowl. Just watch with the injuries that they have and you know their defense just it, it's just not there and I don't think they can get it back because of the injuries that they have. So I'm really worried about them this year. Really worried. It's it's sad and it's surprising because I I, I kind of tend to root for the Colts, especially when they play New England because they're the one team that can beat New England, but not this year. It's just I don't see that happening. So even with they acquired a lot of big names, they did. Frank Gore from mm-hmm. San Francisco, Andre Johnson from and Houston, every, Trent Cole. Right. First two defenses stuffed Gore. I mean, Gore had nothing against yeah. in Buffalo, nothing yeah, against the Jets. And the Colts' problem ever since Andrew Luck right. got there. Lack of a real running, running game. game. And, and, and offensive line. line. Right, did yeah. Not look good. No, it did not look good. And, you know, I was excited for them when they got Gore. I'm like, oh, now they'll actually have a running game. But, you know, the thing is, this team's no gore, so, and they, you know, right now the Jets and Bills have probably the two best defenses on the East Coast, so, surprisingly, the Jets have a really good defense. <laughs> um, so, you think that even in the AFC South, yeah. with Jacksonville, Houston, and Tennessee, that Indy might be in trouble? Yeah, because I, I, I'm not ruling out Tennessee either. I mean, they... Yeah, they had a really good start against um, um, Tampa Bay. They did, and I, 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 I'm kind of optimistic about Tennessee. You are optimistic I'm about Tennessee. optimistic about Tennessee. Uh, someone's getting on so, the barrier to bandwagon. I know, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yes, my cousin Mike, you'll be excited that I said <laughs> that on, on, on the and, video. But, um, and even though we didn't... Um, in Jacksonville, you know, you can't even rule out Jacksonville. No, I, I do not they, want to rule out Jacksonville they, they, they at all. They beat Miami. They beat Miami, look good in beating good. Miami. Yeah. Um, we'll see what they we'll do see what tomorrow. Happens when they play the Patriots in New England. Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, actually, thank you for mentioning Tennessee and being possibly a believer yeah. given the next few weeks. Colts on the road against Tennessee see. on we'll Sunday. We'll see. I mean, if Tennessee can beat the Colts, they're done. You think the Colts are done if they lose, if they lose. tomorrow? If they, lose, if they tomorrow, lose on Sunday, they're done. I think they're done. And you know, it's a perfect transition because... Yes. Teams that start 0-3 since 1990, Don't 121 it. teams have started 0-3 since 90. The number of teams that have recovered and made the playoffs, a grand total of three, three. teams. Three. I have to say it's not many. One of those teams, the 1998 Buffalo Bills, Bills. started 0-3. Doug yep. Flutie came in. And uh, and yep. The NFL that. portion of Doug Flutie's legend uh, was born. So the yes. 98 Bills, the last team to start 0-3. The last time we went to the playoffs and so. make the best. No, 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 no you're after. You're after. Make the playoffs, and then that was that whole that was music yes. city. city. Yeah, you're right. It was. Uh, yeah, right. Yes, yes. So that was the last team that started 0 three. Right. And made the playoffs, and you think back. Oh, that's 1998. I remember that, but at the same time. That is 17 years ago. So yeah. an 0-3 start is definitely not advisable. So you, so let's go back to some of the teams that you think uh, can recover. Um, and you mentioned Seattle, and I mentioned that Cam Chancellor is back. Which will be but, a huge help to their defense. Uh, Jimmy Graham, who was acquired from New Orleans to Seattle, hasn't really gotten going no. with the offense. Is it important for Jimmy Graham to get going pretty yes. quickly with Russell Wilson to get yes. Seattle back on track? Yes, I agree with that. Um, they need... They Need, definitely need some extra practice time together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, definitely. Need, and, you know, I think, you know, 
they need, you know, Russell Wilson needs to throw the ball a little bit more. They were, they were relying very, very he heavily on the run game. And um, defense is starting to be able to stop their run game. Um, before, they could never stop it. But now defense, it's been a couple years, they've got it down. So their, their run game still is going to be good. But it, it, Wilson needs to throw more, and he needs to get more in sync with his wide receivers, which he is totally not right now. You mentioned Baltimore is yes. a team that can recover. Mm -hmm. They are in a really tough division. They with are. With Cincinnati, who yep. started 2-0, with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well, with a 1-1 one -one Cleveland Browns team, although we're not going to uh, necessarily put the Browns in the category of threat just yet. Not yet. Uh, but they're in a tough division. They are. And... Their best defensive player is gone for the year yeah, to Ralph yeah, Suggs. So, Suggs. That, that's how much of a worry is that, even though you may I think, think Baltimore is going to yeah, recover? I mean, losing Suggs is huge. Uh, that's really bad for them. Um, but their defense, I mean, Baltimore's defense always recovers. I, I They have such great camaraderie on that team. Um, they, on the defense and on the offense, they embrace Flacco. I, there's positivity there. Like I said, if anybody can come out of this rut, Flacco can. I mean, he really is, in my opinion, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. I love watching him play. He He's just, he's, he's amazing. So I, I really am, yes, it is a tough division. Um, I'm not, Cleveland, I don't think it's going to be a huge threat. Cincinnati will will die in the playoffs. They always do. But, but, but before we get to the playoffs, but they are good in the regular season at least. Right, so. they are. Um, but you know, and I, I think I think Baltimore can come back. I I, I really do. Um, well, I mean, we'll, obviously, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it, out of that group of teams, they have. They have a team that can do it. Okay. Even with losing sucks, they, they can still do it. So with some of the teams we haven't talked about or haven't talked about at length, and I guess I'll throw Indian there too. Uh, Indianapolis, Detroit, New Orleans, Houston, Philadelphia, Chicago. Okay. Of those teams, which ones and which ones do you think are done now? You mentioned the Colts that if they lose to, uh, on Sunday, they'd be in really bad shape. Yeah. Which of those teams, if any, do you think – should already book their golf outings for January. Right New now. New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, I also think the Eagles. You think the, even in the NFC East, we just yeah, talked about how wide open the NFC East have could be. Have you seen how the Eagles have played the I have. Years. Have you seen the Giants in the fourth quarter? Have you, will you, you will see I, the I, Cowboys I, with I Brandon Wheaton, so. I, I'm, 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 I, I don't know what's going on. With Chip Kelly, but his team is a mess. It's a mess. You're right. It's a mess. And they lost Kiko Alon Alonso for a pretty lengthy period of time, if not the whole season. Um, and he was the their strongest defensive player. Um, the, Bradford is all over the place. He's he's actually a rookie. Uh, he's, <laughs> he looks like a rookie. He looks like a rookie. <laughs> he's like... He looks like a rookie. The, the game the other night, I had to shut it off. I was just like, this is... Oh, my God. This is bad. The, DeMarco Murray is, does not look no. good in that offense. It almost seems no. as if the Philadelphia offense are square pegs trying to fit in round holes. I agree they, with you. They're just, they and just don't look like a good fit. No, not a good fit. The players and the offensive scheme. Um, Murray's probably kicking himself in the butt for going to Philly. Um... He, he, him and Bradford are not getting along. I mean, 
Murray's been very, very vocal how upset he is. And you know what? He kind of should be because, I mean, he's such a stellar running back, and he's not playing on a good team. Um, but can the Eagles recover enough? Because we've seen the Eagles I think it's gonna the be past tough. couple of years just go on these runs as well. And we've yes. seen the Eagles look really bad, yes. too. Correct. So. And we talked about it mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season that we believed that the Eagles were going to be an extreme, either really, really good or really, really dreadful, no middle ground, especially given how the offseason went and mm-hmm. some of the animosity mm-hmm. um, that was shown by some of the former Eagles mm-hmm. uh, that are on other teams, uh, namely LaShawn McCoy. Uh, with this Eagles team, uh, they have a chance that if they can get on the same page their offense can explode. Do you think eventually, sooner than later, they'll get on the same page, or will this not be a good fit from September to November, and by the time November comes, it'll be too late? Do you think it'll be not a good fit for the next four, five, six, seven weeks? Yes, I don't think it's a good fit. Okay, so you think Philly is cooked. (laughs) Philly's cooked. We're not even going to talk about the Bears. Um, The Saints, I mentioned in our show, I know it's tough to predict which team was going to win the NFC South. I know New Orleans was usually the default team because they had Drew Brees, and I was not high on New Orleans because I just really thought that window was closing and closing and mm-hmm. closing fast, and it shut. Yep. I, I believe it shut. Drew yep. Brees won't play tomorrow. He has a bruised rotator cut. I think he's going to be out more than next week, yeah. too, this week, too. Um, and, uh, Not that he was playing that great to begin with. He hasn't been playing great last year. He didn't even play no, that great. So no. I, I don't. I think New Orleans needs to. Even in that division, which yeah. doesn't have a power, um, they're already two games behind because Atlanta's two and zero. Carolina's two and zero. And even if those teams don't finish with ten, eleven, twelve wins, yeah. how can you see the Saints? finish with 10-11 wins. No. They just lost to Tampa Bay last hey, week. Right, yeah. Uh, so. At home and only scoring 19 points, points. at home. You never see no, a I, Saints team in the Drew Brees era score under no, 20. No, I, I, I think I agree with you. They're, they're done. Yeah. What about the Lions? They, made, they were 11 wins last year. I know. I'm a little surprised by the Lions being 0-2 right now. Well, I, tough games, though. They, tough, yeah. They, they were. They, didn't, they weren't blown out. They weren't blown out. They... They had to play on the road yep. both games in San Diego and then in Minnesota. Two yep. teams that I'm high on San Diego, you're high, high on Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Lost those two games. They will play their home opener Sunday night. They'll be the last of the 32 teams to play, to play at home. Uh, so with the Lions, 0-2, two tough losses. They were up by 17 points in San Diego. Blew that lead. Weren't really in the game against Minnesota. So what do you think about the Lions? Not, you don't think, necessarily say done or not done. I don't think they're okay. done. I, I, I think they can... If, if, if the team is going to implode, Detroit's a team that would implode big, kind of like the Eagles. Um, I, I don't think they're done. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Nope. But we'll see what happens. I mean, they could surprise us. That that's I think could be the 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 one team that could kind of surprise us and come back and just end up winning the rest of their games. But I I don't think that's going to happen. We'll we'll see. Um, I have more faith in Baltimore to turn around than Detroit at this point. You know, some of these teams that are 0-2 have really really 
tough games on it's Sunday tough. and have to avoid that near-fatal 0-3 start. Yeah. You mentioned Detroit. They're at home against the Broncos. You mentioned Baltimore. They're at home against Cincinnati. Indianapolis has the game against uh, Tennessee. Philly has the Jets on the road. So some of these teams, if they want to avoid an 0-3 start, they're going to have to beat a really good team right. to avoid an 0-3 start. Yeah. Philly's not going to be <laughs> Okay. Well, that'll be... Even though I want them to. <laughs> that'll be one of the games we talk about on our first oh, yeah, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. No, you don't, have, no, don't worry about it. It's okay <laughs> to get ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves now, talking about 0-2 teams that are done. Yeah, so we're just really yeah. getting ahead yeah. of ourselves uh, right now. So that is our first down segment on Down and Distance. Now, on second down, we have Jacksonville Jaguars running back Denard Robinson joining us. He talked with us right after one of the preseason games the Jacksonville Jaguars played uh, against the New York Giants. Denard Robinson coming into the season was looked upon as the number one running back, but the Jaguars drafted T.J. Yeldon out of the University of Alabama. So I talked with Denard about that dynamic with having competition in the backfield. Denard now nursing a knee injury. He's questionable for the game. On Sunday against the New England Patriots, but we have a conversation with Shoelace himself, Denard Robinson, on second down. So stay tuned. This is Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. The Jacksonville Jaguars are looking to improve on the 3-13 season in 2014. Second-year quarterback Blake Bortles has a lot of weapons, young weapons, at his disposal. And one of those weapons joins us on second down, Denard Robinson, the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. First of all, Denard, thank you so very much for joining us. Year three of the NFL, but really year one and a half as a running back. How is that adjustment going, being a full-time running back in the National Football League? It's going great. I mean... For me to have my third year, you know, being in that position or even being at a different position than quarterback, it's, uh, it's, it's been great. And uh, I got I have some good co- coaches that's in the room with me and helping me out. And I got some – the running backs helping me out a lot, like Brett, uh, Bernard Pierce and Toby Gerhardt and Mojo and Justin Forsett. Those guys all help, help me out and Terry Richardson and Coach Kip now. So all those guys help me develop and become a player that I am today. What do they help you with specifically in terms of specific techniques in becoming a better running back. Understanding the, the blocking scheme, understanding, okay, if they, we got this certain, we got the power going, this is where the guys should pick it up at, or here go to the front, so this is what you should look at now. So now the blocking scheme shouldn't change because of the front that we got, we're facing, and stuff like that. Little things like that kind of help you out and slow down the game for you. You had a stretch during the middle of last season, over 100 yards against Cleveland, over 100 against Miami, um, and then almost 100 yards in the game after against Cincinnati. What really clicked during that middle stretch of last season? Uh, the O-line, I mean, I think the O-line came out and they came and did their thing. And, uh, you know, once they gave me holes, I was trying to make the most of it. Every time I got a chance to, I made the most of it. So I think it was a lot of different things that helped out. And the receivers started getting open and started making plays downfield. So they couldn't put all the, a lot of guys in the box. So, I mean, it was a lot of different things that helped me out. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, once I got the ball in my hand, I wanted to make plays. How frustrating was it, again, Denard Robinson joining us, how frustrating was it at the end of last season, near the end of last season, to suffer that foot injury? You had that momentum, and then you suffered an injury. How frustrating was that? It was real frustrating. But, uh, you know, I didn't think 
at the end of the day, I believe in God. And I think everything happens for a reason. Whatever happens is for a reason. And God going to make sure you get wherever you need to be. And uh, I believe in him. I'm a true believer in him. Uh, in the second round, the Jaguars took T.J. Yeldon. Your locker right now is right next to uh, Toby Gerhardt as well. Was that motivation, uh, the uh, franchise taking a running back so high in the draft? Uh, I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, I look at myself all the time. I just, it's all, it's all about me. I'm, I don't look to the guy next to me and be like, okay, I need to do way better than him. I just need to be my best. If I be my best, I feel like I can play with anybody. So that's how I look at it. You mentioned uh, Blake Bortles and the wide receivers as well. A lot of young talent on this team. What do you see on a daily basis in the backfield when you see Blake Bortles, when you see those wide receivers? What do you see and what is the potential of this offense in 2015? It's scary. It's scary to see how much talent we have young talent that we have. It's scary to see it. And, and once we start putting it together, you, you, you'll start seeing we'll be one of the teams that will be reckoned with. And I think this year we're going to start doing that. And, and you can tell that you know we, we're becoming that team that we want to be. So your offense has the potential to be as scary as any of the Saw movies. Yes. <laughs> uh, your alma mater, uh, the University of Michigan, uh, has a new head coach, and it's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what was your first reaction uh, when you found out and heard that uh, Jim Harbaugh, coming from the NFL, is going back, going to his alma mater and your alma mater at the University of Michigan? I was kind of uh, better feeling because I had Coach Hoke as a coach, but then you know after everything panned out and. Coach Harbaugh got hired. I'm like, welcome home, man. He's he's a great coach, and everybody everybody love him, and I think he's gonna everywhere he went, he, he went. So I mean, hopefully, you can bring that same thing to his tomorrow and do his thing. Once again, Denard Robinson joining us. You were a quarterback at Michigan. You're a running back now. Are you a quarterback at heart? Uh, I played my whole life, but uh, I think I can do it all. Mm-hmm. God bless me. <laughs> you are also you founded the uh, Shoelace Foundation as well, and recently uh, you gave away 80 shoes yeah. to uh, kids Ooh. from under uh, served. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, some of his teammates coming in, a very charitable uh, donation um, that you gave to young kids in underserved neighborhoods, uh, 80 pairs of shoes. Uh, where did that idea come from, and why did you feel as if you needed to uh, contribute to the community? As a little kid, I always promised myself, if I was had enough to give back, I won't give back. And that was one of the things that I always uh, wanted to do. And growing up, I always had to wear hand-me-downs. And that was like one of the things that kind of, you know, handed my self-esteem a little bit. I think uh, we're having a nice pair of shoes kind of help you out a little bit. And I know my mom had seven kids. It was seven of us. And it was tough for her to buy shoes for us. And, and I mean, I feel like, okay, I could take a load off some parents and get some shoes back. And I think I think that's one of the things I want to do. I want to be selfless. And, and then, and do it without an agenda, you know, not a, a hidden agenda. I just want to do it out of kindness in my heart. And, and the foundation helped me do that. And me starting that helped me out. And, and the people that helped us start, help me start is, you know, they, they kind of got behind me and, and helped me do that. Once again, Denard Robinson joining us. Denard, thank you so very much for joining us. And you mentioned the scary offense, the potential. What's the scariest thing or movie that you have ever seen? I don't like watching scary movies, so I don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not like scary movies. I'm not a fan of scary oh, movies. Oh, so you like the, the Notebook? Are you a uh, romantic? No, I'm more like comedies, man. I'm more comedies and stuff like that, man. <laughs> Favorite comic? Uh, Fridays, the you know all those all those things. You know those classic movies, man. <laughs> Tonight, Robinson, thank you for joining us and best of luck and success to the Jaguars and yourself in 2015. Yeah, thank you, uh, and Step Brothers too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tonight. And we 
thank Denard Robinson once again for joining us on Second Down, and I will make sure for Denard that we will have romance movies and comedies anytime he and I were to hang out uh, next time. No scary movies uh, for Denard Robinson, but this is our third down segment. It is a third down and nine, nine games that we will preview in week three in the National Football League, and we'll make predictions, our first week making predictions on football games, and for some reason, the Cosmos weren't aligned with me. For some reason, last year, Holly won in terms of getting more picks right than myself, but that's okay. I'm here for vengeance, uh, but this is all uh, a good time. So this is a third down and nine, previewing nine games. We will not talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New England Patriots in Foxborough, but we will talk about another AFC East team at home, and we'll start with the 1 o'clock games. That team, the New York Jets, at 2-0, and only allowing 17 points combined in two games and two wins against the Cleveland Browns and on Monday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. That 20-7 victory there at home, taking on the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles that Holly Culbertson has declared is a done team in the 2015 season, even though there's still 14 games left. DeMarco Murray, a hamstring injury, but he will play on Sunday. This Eagles offense has not looked good. The New York Jets defense has been one of the best defenses after the first two games in the National Football League in this battle of green. Do you think that the Jets of all teams, will start 3-0 and at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Yes. You think they will? Yes. Any Much chance for Philadelphia? Sharon. Any chance for Philadelphia? They can snap out of this funk. If, if, if they miracle, if DeMarco Murray can run, yeah. But I think the Jets defense is going to squash him. So, um, <laughs> if DeMurray has a good game... Yeah, they have so, a chance. So it's all on it is having him. DeMarco Murray have mm-hmm. a good game. And let me ask you this question. Given that when DeMarco Murray was with the Dallas Cowboys, he was a north-south runner. He can yep. hit the hole, make that yep. one cut, he can't, he and can't go. do that anymore. Well, in Philadelphia, they run a lot of stretch they runs, do. try to go around the right tackle. Right. And I think that's tackle. where Murray's having a problem. Um, but with New York's def- you know, with the Jets' defense, he's not going to be able to run up and down. Do you think Chip Kelly has to tweak his offense a little yes. bit, at least his run game, to make sure it's more north-south? Yes, I agree. He, do- uh, he does, and he needs to do it this week. Um, you know, if he's going to screw, if he's going to, you know, screw up the Jets' defense, he needs to change it. They're going to expect what they've seen in the last two weeks, which is outside runs, and that's what they're going to prepare for, and they will stop it. I, after watching these guys, they're, they're going to stop it. <laughs> so Chip needs to. Be crazy like he is, and change it up, and and let them let Demarco run that game. If he does, then they have a shot at winning. Not surprised, somewhat surprised, very surprised, shocked. Where are you in describing the New York Jets two and zero start? Not surprised, somewhat surprised, very surprised, shocked. Very surprised. Very surprised. Very surprised. Okay. I, I won't put the shocks in there yet. I mean, no if they, if I, I mean, if they go six and zero, yeah, then I'm going to be shocked. But I, I they look good. Uh, the, uh, Fitzpatrick and Decker combination is wow. Um, you know, uh, I was we were talking off. Off air, yeah. Off air, and I was like, wow, why didn't Fitzpatrick play like this when he was with the Bills? <laughs> um, you know, and 
I have to agree. I was watching um, the game, and one of the commentators said that this was Fitzpatrick's time. And I agree with him on that. He finally found a team. He's working with Chan Gailey again, who he worked well with in Buffalo. I, I, I think he's just finally found his niche. And, you know, he has bounced He's I think the, one of the stats I did read was that he has been the one of the most bounced-around quarterbacks in the NFL. He's been on so many different teams, and he really just seems comfortable with the Jets. And you watch him play. He... He does. He he seems comfortable even throwing interceptions, which he, he tends to do. But he scores the points. He's still got a great arm. I, I think he's going to take the Jets a very long way. And I, you know, part of me is a little excited for him. But they just need to lose a couple games <laughs> so my Bills can move a little bit ahead well, of them. Yes. So, yeah, but, of course, uh, Brent, Brandon Marshall, his addition yeah, has been good been as well. Huge. He yes, has a absolutely. couple of touchdowns or that one touchdown yeah. where he powered through a couple of uh, Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, no, they've made some the really good line. acquisitions offseason, and it's, it's, it shows. It yeah, shows. Especially on defense, of course, yeah. uh, Darrell Revis, yes, Antonio Cromarty, even the number three cornerback, Buster Screen, who would be a number two cornerback, at least on a lot of teams. Teams. He's the number three nickel cornerback. Um, Todd Bowles, the new coach mm-hmm. of the New York Jets, coming over from Arizona where he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, the Jets' defense, even though it's not under Rex Ryan and Dennis Thurman, still as aggressive as yes, it was absolutely. under Rex Ryan it is. and Dennis Thurman. I, I, yeah, I, I think the defense is a tad stronger um, now. Um, yeah, the Jets have done a turnaround, and it's impressive. And the one thing that we should have accounted for in terms of the New York Jets start is the beginner's luck, if you will, mm. of head coaches. Because True. the last three head coaches of the New York Jets all made the playoffs first year one. one. Yeah, right. Ryan Edwards, Eric Mangini, and Rex Ryan. Ryan all made the playoffs with the Jets yeah. in year number one, one. one. And the New York Jets are 2-0, and oh, and we both agree that they will be 3-0 and oh after the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And now that, as I say that, as the ever-pessimistic Jets fan, now I think the sky's going to fall on my head and the Eagles going to win by 15. <laughs> That's just the way Jets fans think. So we yeah. do agree that the Jets will go 3-0 and with a win against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Staying in the NFC East a little bit, the team that's on top of the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys at 2-0. and No Des Bryant, no Tony Romo, but no losses still uh, after that. Somehow they won that game against the New York Giants in week one. Um, and then their defense absolutely smothered the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and I think that's something that we haven't talked about too much or people haven't talked about too much about the Cowboys. They have a lot of questions on offense right now. Their, their defense, defense is very good. Very solid. Now, their defense is going up against Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, the Atlanta mm. Falcons, another team that's 2-0. and They defeated the Eagles on Monday Night Football in Week 1. Looked yep. good in the first half, held on for the victory. And then last week, we were there for it. At MetLife Stadium, down by 10 points in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Giants 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter, coming away with the 24 to 20 win over the New York Giants. Can the Atlanta Falcons make it three out of three and three out of three against NFC East opponents? How do you see this Atlanta Falcons going on the road against a depleted Cowboys offense in terms of the skill position players? Uh, 
I'm going to go with Dallas. You are? Yeah, I think their defense is, is better. I think they're going to get after Matt Ryan, and he's going to have some problems. So, I mean, yes, the, Dallas, I, I see, is going to go 3-0, but um, Atlanta, yeah, they're 2-0, but they're not a 2-0 team, if that makes sense. So, so you're saying they're not an impressive 2-0? Yeah, they're not an impressive 2-0. They're 2-0, but, but they're, not they're, not impressive, impressive yeah, they're not an impressive 2-0. Um, I think... Um, you know, if Dallas offense sputters, that they did just acquire Matt Castle, who can run an offense. You know, Brandon um, Whedon will start, will start right? But if if he you know fails completely, then they do have a decent backup in Matt Castle. So, and I think the defense can score some points for Dallas. I really do. So, um, I'm going with Dallas on You're this. You're going with Dallas, even yeah. though they don't have an established number one running back. No, but I still think. You know, Wheaton's arm will do it. Wheaton has a good arm, and I, like I said, I think that the defense will score some points for them. Now, Brandon so. Wheaton is 5-16 and 16 career as a mm-hmm. starter. Is that more of a byproduct of him, a byproduct of being around the Cleveland Browns for most of his career? I know, that's because he was with the Browns. So <laughs> that's not him. Now, he did start the game last year when Tony Romo was out with mm-hmm. the back injury against Arizona, and Arizona mm-hmm. cleaned uh, the Dallas Cowboys they clock did. in Arlington. So. Yeah, but that was, all, that was last year. Okay. Okay. Not this year. Okay, so you Not think that the good vibes in Dallas, yeah, even about Tony Romo. Yeah, I think, I, I think everybody's really against Dallas because Romo's out. It's, you know, give Dallas some credit here. Give give the rest of the team some credit. I, I think they'll pull it off. And I, like I said, you know, Atlanta looks okay. They shouldn't have won the game against the Giants. Or, um, yeah, the Giants. The Giants. They shouldn't have won that game. That was just really bad play calling by... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just bad. Um, so they shouldn't have won that game. So I, I technically think they should be a one-on-one team. So I, I just like I, I just think Dallas's defense will will hold, and I don't I don't think it's going to be a mind-blowing game. I think it's going to be a very defensive game. I think it's going to be low scoring, but I got Dallas winning this like by three. Yeah. Atlanta has. A slightly improved pass rush. Their first-round draft pick, mm-hmm. Vic Beasley, did well in the game against the New York Giants. Had a sack and forced a fumble that the Giants uh, mm-hmm. did recover. I think the Cowboys' defense definitely keeps them in the game. My question is, can the Cowboys' offense, without Des Bryant, without Tony Romo, can they get to 20 points? Can Brandon Whedon lead the Cowboys offense to 20 points. That's hard for me to see unless the Cowboys defense, which has done very well, can score a touchdown. You saw Sean Lee, who's back yeah. after his knee injury. He's, he makes a huge difference. Oh, he's huge on that. Oh, defense. he's that huge. has changed the defense completely, completely within right. there. And right. if anybody's going to score, it's going to be him. I mean, he is so dynamic, and he is all over the, all over the field. And, you know, he... Very, very talented, <clears throat> talented player. Um, that's. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going with Dallas' defense on this. I really am. I agree with you with Wheaton. It's gonna be tough for him, but I, Dallas' defense. They could score one or two easily. So, and if that happens, they're fine. Yeah, yeah they're fine. I, you know, I was I was almost getting ready to pick Atlanta, but I'm very impressed with the Dallas Cowboys defense. I think 
their play, I think they're second in the NFL in total defensive yeah, yeah. yards giving up, given up, uh, least yards given up. Yeah. Uh, I do agree with you that Dallas somehow, some way, uh, can eke out a victory against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think they look impressive doing it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but they will pull it off. Yeah. And now the game that we have all been waiting for to talk about. The one and one Oakland Raiders. <laughs> the one and one Cleveland Browns. Both teams coming off very good wins. The yeah. Browns, Johnny Manziel gets his first National Football League victory. They defeat the Tennessee Titans at home. Manziel throws another touchdown pass. Travis Benjamin, the wide receiver, looks like he's going to be one of the breakout performers mm. of 2015. The week before, we were talking about Marcus Mariota and how awesome he looked and how they beat Tampa and he's so composed and whatnot. They didn't have a good game uh, against Cleveland uh, last week. Um, and then you have the Oakland Raiders, who last week put up 37 points against the Baltimore Ravens, the last seven coming in the final minute. Derek Carr leading the Oakland Raiders down the field, game-winning touchdown pass. The Raiders win 37-33, and the reason we're building this up is because these two teams, which usually are at the doormat of their respected divisions, one of these teams will be 2-1, and one. and given results in other games, they could be a first-place 2-1 mm-hmm. team. Oakland at 1-1, one one, they've been bad for a decade-plus. Cleveland, 1-1, one one, they've been bad for more than a decade-plus. One of these teams is going to be 2-1, and one, and really think about being in this race for the long haul. So Oakland and Cleveland, we don't get to talk about them much. So we get a chance to talk about them even a little bit right now. The Browns and the Raiders, uh, what do you see from that game? First of all, do you even care about this game? No. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't, (laughs) but um, I'm going with Oakland. Go with Oakland. Go with Oakland. Um, Impressive win. They had a very impressive win last week against a really tough team, Ravens. Uh, I was very impressed with them last week. Um, Cleveland, um, there's still issues with Manziel. Um, you know, they're up and down, or they're, whether they're going to start him or they're not, and it, uh, it's all over the place. Yeah, Josh McCown yeah. will start, start Sunday. So after going through the concussion protocol. protocol. So, Do you, you know, agree with that? No, actually I don't, because I think Manziel did a really good job last week. They, I think they should keep this just ride him right ride, ride him ride him let him go see what happens um and let's just see but they're, they're not so i think that's gonna hurt him so i'm going with oakland you're going with yeah. oakland on the road mm-hmm. to come away with a victory yeah. to get them to two and one i think oakland's defense is tougher too yes i agree with you and although the raiders and the browns doesn't necessarily elicit too much zeal from a lot of football fans. One of the best matchups, individual matchups all year long will be in that game. Joe Thomas, left tackle, maybe the best left tackle in all of football. I think I heard a statistic. He has played in about 7,500 consecutive snaps. Mm -hmm. He doesn't miss snaps, let alone series, let alone games. Joe Thomas, uh, pro bowler, I believe is six, seven-time pro bowler um, at the left tackle spot. 
he goes up against last year's first round pick for the Oakland Raiders out of the University of Buffalo, Khalil Mack. He has been a stud at the linebacker, defensive end, Leo position for the Oakland Raiders. That matchup, Joe Thomas actually compared him a little bit to a Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. That's how good Joe Thomas, an all-pro left tackle, thinks Khalil Mack can be. And they'll be going That's... up against each other mm. again and again and, and again. again. yeah. So if anything, if you want to watch, if you have Sunday ticket, if you yeah, want to watch I, I the Raiders... I, I might watch that game. Raiders what and was, Browns, what just what watch. What time is it on? Uh, it's 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah, I can uh, watch o'clock. it. Yeah, my game's later. 1 so o'clock, so Oakland and Cleveland. That matchup Maybe. is going to be fun. Thomas Going we'll up against Kilo Mac over I, and know, over. I'm going to be bouncing from all the games. I so, got but anyway. You picked um, the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders. Game. Yep. The only reason why I'm picking the Cleveland Browns is because mm. I just don't like the fact. I like the Raiders. I like them well, better than I have liked the Raiders in years past. The Raiders usually don't win one o'clock games. In the Eastern Time Zone, 10 a.m. local for them. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm trying to think of the last time the Raiders won a game on the road on the East in the Eastern Time Zone. I know a few years ago they beat the Steelers in overtime at Heinz Field. That's one of the very few wins the Raiders have had yeah. in the Eastern Time Zone. I think the Raiders are a better team. I think the Browns win on Sunday. Hmm. Um, so, All right, we'll see. Yeah, because I well, that's our first difference for the week. So yeah, we'll yeah. All right, we were we were bound to disagree. I know we make like the perfect couple, but we were bound to disagree um, eventually. Um, so we stay in the AFC North. The Browns are one and one. They are ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, who are 0-2. They open up their home portion of the schedule. The Ravens have had two tough games. They played two games against the AFC West, both on the road. They were a few yards away from beating the Denver Broncos before Denver had the interception in the end zone Uh to seal the game in Week 1. Then they couldn't stop the Raiders from going down the field and scoring at the very end of the ball game last week. So they're at home for the first time this season. They're 0-2, so they'll be a desperate team, but they're taking on a 2-0 and Cincinnati Bengals team that has made the playoffs in each of the past four years. We know about their postseason struggles, but regular season is a different story. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty good regular season team. They've started off 2-0 and this season, so you have the 2-0 and Bengals on the road, and they can really deliver a kill shot to the Ravens and open up a three-game lead against the Ravens yeah. with a win against the Ravens on the road. So it's a huge game, especially huge. for Baltimore. This is a game I actually want to watch. Um, you're right, and I'm, I'm going with Baltimore because it's home. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think this game is going down to the wire. Um, if Baltimore doesn't do it tomorrow... We're going to be talking about them next week. <laughs> yes, um, I know. Huh? <laughs> uh, but I, I think I'm going with Baltimore in this. I don't think they're they know what this game is. This is a playoff game to them. And they are going into that mentality that this is a playoff game, and they know it. And when that kind of pressure is on Flacco and the Ravens, they seem to just shine. So I'm going just because of their history, um, and I'm going with the Ravens on this. And I think. You know, Cincinnati is is gonna choke a little bit. It's a playoff game. It, it, and they both, both but teams it's know it. But it's a one o'clock game. Well, it's 
not a prime time game. It's not a prime time game. So it's a one o'clock we'll game. See. We'll see what happens. But I think in both these teams' minds that this is a playoff game, and it should be in their minds that this is a playoff game because it technically kind of is. So um, we'll, I don't think Cincinnati's going to pull it off. Not at Baltimore. They, yeah. you know, Cincinnati's had a good defense for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Dalton has been pretty efficient this season, beyond efficient. 68% completion percentage, five touchdowns, no picks, two touchdowns in Oakland, three more touchdowns last week in the win at home against San Diego. Uh, last year, Jeremy Hill, the running back out of LSU, really emerged at the end of the season going into the playoffs. He has had a slow start start, but his backup, Giovanni Bernard, almost a Darren Sproles like a like player, really mm-hmm. short uh, but really stocky, rushed for 123 yards last week the, in week one, 8 yards per carry, he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry so far this season, Cincinnati's offense looks pretty dynamic they were pretty efficient, but you wouldn't necessarily be wowed right. by their Correct. offense, I agree. Andy Dalton yeah. is the quarterback, but with A.J. Green healthy because he wasn't really healthy at, at all uh, last year. You know, with his toe injury, Tyler Eifert, tight end out of Notre Dame really causes matchup problems he has a couple of touchdowns, I believe uh, this season, 3 touchdowns he this season three. Yeah. Um, I like the way Cincinnati is playing. You usually wouldn't. I I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. This is kind of like your pick with Cleveland. You think Oakland's the better team, but I right. You think yeah. the other one's going to win, and this is the same for me. I do think Cincinnati's better than Baltimore right now. Which yeah, and but I I'm going with Baltimore. Yeah, I, I still haven't even picked right now. Usually I would have mm. my selection yeah. and then just stretch it out and then say who I uh, think will win the game. It's it's tough. I do want to I do want to pick Cincinnati. Again, I do think they're the better team. They are. Do I see the Ravens at 0 and 3 and no. essentially done? No. I don't. Right. I don't. But I can easily see it. Oh yeah, I mean hey, in any given Sunday yeah. anything can happen, yeah. but I I don't think I I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's tough for me to think that the Ravens will go 0-3 no. and be sunk. But no. as you said, any given Sunday, which works both ways. That's true. That's true. So that's I am tough. going to go with my instinct, my initial selection, and pick the Bengals. All right. And pick them to send the Ravens to 0-3 and, and a great discussion next week. Crisis. <laughs> okay. okay. St- sticking with the uh, 1 o'clock games, the San Diego Chargers, a team that lost to the Cincinnati Bengals last week, but they won in week one against the Detroit Lions. The Chargers will take on another NFC North team, the Minnesota Vikings at TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Vikings are 1-1. One and one. They had their no-show a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night football against the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe the game was too late. They were sleepwalking. I don't know. I don't know what happened uh, in that game. But they were able to bounce back and defeat mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions to go to 1-1. One one. San Diego on the road, even though it's in the central time zone, it is a long road trip to head to Minneapolis, Minnesota from Southern California. They'll be playing a 1 o'clock game against the Vikings, Chargers, and Vikings. Vikings. Got the Vikings. You have to have the Vikings every week, don't you? Almost. Unless they play the Packers. Yeah, play the Packers and go against them. But, yeah, Adrian um, Peterson looked like Adrian Peterson oh, last week against the uh, Detroit Lions. We were talking about this in our, our, our first show. The Vikings look good. And, yeah, they, they, they blew that one game. But I still think they've got what it takes to win that division. 
I, I think Green Bay better watch out. Um, and I think they're a better team than the Chargers right now. Yeah. Adrian Peterson last week, 134 mm-hmm. yards rushing at a 49-yard uh, oh, pass reception as well. He's back. And Adrian <laughs> Peterson playing at home. In oh, front of, yeah. He's back. Yeah. Uh, and obviously has a chip on his shoulder. Oh, he's um, got, he's got you know, to prove everything to everybody right now, yeah, and he's doing it. Obviously, just coming back from everything um, that – the ordeal that he had, which was of his own doing, right. um, and then the NFL essentially, you know, <laughs> banishing him, the Vikings banishing him uh, for the year, coming back, there are questions about how effective he can be now, because he's a running back approaching 30, usually when running backs approach 30, a lot of people yeah. will essentially say that you're about no. to the wall. He looks great. He looks great. He he's healthy. He looks great. Um, I give him a lot of credit. He he worked during the off season. Yeah. He really did. And because I think that because of that chip on her his shoulder, and good for him. Um, you know, I'm glad he's moved past it. I'm glad the Vikings have moved past everything. He, you know, yeah. he's paid his dues. He he did his time, and let's just move on from all that mess. And he looks great. Yeah, you know that's and the Vikings look great. I I think the Vikings have embraced him. I think they're glad they're back. He's back. I think they have Peterson and the Vikings management have. Yeah. smooth things over, and I think they've done it a, a really good way. I wish all teams, I mean, I think what the Vikings did to him was appropriate, and I'm glad he's put it behind them, they've put it behind them, and they're like, okay, let's just play some football, and that's what they're doing, and it's showing. I mean, Vikings are a really good team this year. I'm very, I'm almost, I'm excited for them, you know, it's, it's, it's about their time, you know. You made a really good point in terms of how that all ended up resulting in just the Vikings being able to put that to bed, Adrian Peterson being able to Mm -hmm. put all of that to bed because that could have ended really acrimoniously and badly. That could have ended very nasty. It could have. Absolutely. And the way it concluded so far, it's as well as that could have Mm -hmm. been resolved so far. Yeah, I agree. I I think they did, I just think they did a really good job in handling that whole situation and now they're out there playing some really good football. Um, So, yeah, I'm going with Minnesota. I am too, even though as you know know. for the past couple of years, I'm very hey, I love Chargers. I'm pro Chargers too. <laughs> and you, you know, had lived in, uh, in San, San Diego, Diego as well. I love my Chargers. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm very pro Chargers. Uh, Philip Rivers uh, is doing just as good as he has mm-hmm. been in his uh, career so far. Uh, but I do think that the factor of San Diego traveling yes. east, as well as I believe the last time the Chargers and Vikings met, or at least a couple of times ago um, in Minnesota, Adrian Peterson set the record for most rushing yards in a single game. I believe that was the game. It's like two years ago, I think. I think that happened a couple years ago. ago. Yeah, Yeah, I do have the Vikings in this game as well. I do agree with you that the Vikings are a good team. I'm very pro Teddy Bridgewater uh, as well, the quarterback for Mm -hmm. Minnesota. So I do think the Vikings go to 2-1. and The final 1 o'clock game that we will talk about, I believe it's a very interesting one. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 1-1. One and one. Uh, They defeated the San Francisco 49ers last week, able to put them to bed pretty early. Antonio Brown, another big game. They go on the road to take on I believe a Jekyll and Hyde St. Louis Rams team in the sense that if you get them on the road, 
they're very beatable, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you get them at home, not so be a very different animal. Yeah, so the I agree with you. On the road, take on a Rams team that can get after the quarterback, especially where they have their home crowd making noise and making it tough for the offense to really communicate. So that's why I think this is a very interesting game. The Rams were 1-0 after defeating the Seahawks at home, and it looked for all the world that they were going to go to 2-0 going on the road against a Washington team in disarray, and then they lay an egg in Washington. Yeah, they did. But they're back home at the Edward Jones Dome where it seems as if they're a different team and they're they taking are. on the team that has expectations. Steelers on the road against the Rams. I think it's a tough game to call. It is a tough game. I, I think St. Louis is going to be definitely a home win team. I, you know, And that's unfortunate for him. That, that if they're going to be a contender, they got to win those home games and they got to beat teams like the Washington Redskins. Um, but I'm going to go with St. Louis on this one. I, I am, and not because I hate Pittsburgh, but... Um, <laughs> you hate Pittsburgh? I hate Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't really hate Pittsburgh. I hate Roethlisberger, so there's a difference. Um, but, but putting my personal feelings aside, I, I just think St. Louis at home is pretty pretty amazing. What they did to Seattle, I was like, whoa! And I think they're going to do the same thing to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I am torn as well. This is, I think, the other game where... Really hard to I, Tried to have my selection before doing this show. I couldn't do it. Now I'm talking with you. I really have no idea who I'm going to play. I know, it's hard. I really am pro-Rams, especially at the Edward Jones Dome, and against a team that has expectations. Yeah. Beating Seattle at home. The Steelers are coming in. They have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. I think the Rams are that team that will... a spoiler. Exactly. They will definitely punch above their weight when teams of renown come into... Mm-hmm. The Edward Jones Dome. Now, my question to myself is, well, two questions. One, can Nick Foles play well against the Steelers' defense? I think he can. I can, um, too. I agree with you. not the Steelers' defense of two, no. five, ten years no, ago. No, it's not. Uh, another question, at least on the Pittsburgh side, Le'Veon Bell back from suspension, even though D'Angelo Williams, uh, his backup and understudy, has played very well in the he first has. couple of games, which in a way makes Pittsburgh stronger because they have now, at least what they would believe, a one-two punch with Le'Veon they Bell, do. as well as D'Angelo Williams, um, and Williams won't have as many carries going forward because Le'Veon Bell uh, will be in the backfield more often and be there on third down situations because he's such a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Boy, this is tough. This is really, really it tough. It is a tough. Um, Pittsburgh can show its toughness on the road in games that fans don't think they'll win or that fans will doubt that they can win. I don't think too many fans will doubt that Pittsburgh can win in St. Louis, but I think more people are catching on to the fact that St. Louis is a tough out, especially at home. And I do think, I do think, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. I am, but I'm not. At the same time, with some of his decision-making, I do think, though, that the Steelers go on the road and pull out a victory against the uh, St. Louis Rams. I do think Pittsburgh gets this victory, but you wouldn't be surprised 
if the Steelers won and you no. pick St. Louis. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams won and I pick Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. All right. No. So we'll see. We'll, how, see well, we'll see how that goes. We'll out. see how the rematch of Super Bowl uh, 14 will play out, even though during Super Bowl 14, the St. Louis Rams were in Los Angeles. So those are the one o'clock games. And now the four o'clock games. Well, we're only going to talk about one four o'clock game. The Buffalo Bills on the road again. Miami Dolphins, both teams one and one. The Buffalo Bills followed their impressive win against the Indianapolis Colts at home with a game where after the first two and a half, three quarters, you thought, wow, this is not good. Uh, But the Bills were able to show themselves late in the third, going into the fourth quarter and into the fourth quarter against the New England Patriots. Cutting a Patriots, what, 20-point lead down, down to 5, 37-32, uh, but eventually succumbed to the New England Patriots by 8, 40-32. Then you have the Miami Dolphins, who a couple of weeks ago, they went on the road, defeated Washington. Jarvis Landry had a great game, including a punt return for a touchdown. They're 1-0. You think that they go back to the Sunshine State, even though on the road, they take on a Jacksonville Jaguars team, and you think, oh, 2-0 for the Miami Dolphins. Nope. Jacksonville comes away with the last second field goal and the victory over the Miami Dolphins, and now there are reports that Indomitian Sue doesn't necessarily follow the play call. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on at the defense right now. Yeah, so the Dolphins... A lot of people thought they'd be 2-0. and um, They got 1-0, and but weren't able to get to 2-0. and The Buffalo Bills, 1-1. and And, obviously, it's a big game because we think the AFC East is going to be a very tough division mm-hmm. and will head down to the wire. Maybe not at the very top of the division, but in terms of a playoff, playoff spot, playoff spot yeah, it will go yeah. down to the wire. Yeah. And it will involve at least one AFC, team, AFC East team, if it not is. two. Right. But... The loser get the loser of this game. If we think either the Jets or the Patriots will win, and I believe we both think the Jets will win, and we both believe that the Patriots at home will beat the Jaguars. Yes, those teams will be three and zero. Correct. The loser of this game will be one and two, two games out already of first place. If the Dolphins lose, they'll be one and two and have a division loss. If the Bills lose, they'll be one and two with two division losses. They already lost to New England. So this is one of the big games, if not the biggest game of the week. Um, I know there are more marquee games, but Buffalo-Miami with the records that they have, one and one, huge game for both. Neither of these teams want to go to one and two. So Bills and Dolphins, should I even ask you who you're going to pick? Right. <laughs> Unless you're going to give me a heart attack and tell me that the Dolphins are going to win at home. No. <laughs> okay, just, just make yeah. sure. No, I got I, I, All right, so, of course, I'm rooting for my Bills. I, I, I'm picking the Bills. Um, but there are some reasons why I am actually picking the Bills. Okay, so their history in Miami is actually pretty good. Yes. They, they tend to beat them at home. We tend to lose in Miami at home, at our, you know, in Buffalo, so it's it's weird that way. Um, but I, I do think we have a better defense. Uh, I'm actually, we have a much better defense. I think um, Miami thinks they have a good defense, but I think there's some problems on that defense, so that's something that our offense is going to take advantage of, and um, I think McCoy's going to have a really good game this week. And if McCoy has a really good game this week, and our defense will produce some turnovers. Um, we, we got it. Um, 
I don't see Miami winning this. Even even if I wasn't a Bills fan, I, I, I looking outside looking in, I don't see Miami winning this. Just on stats alone. After the first two weeks, and obviously you've been a Buffalo Bills supporter for as long as anyone who knows you can remember. Um, how you have Rex Ryan. As coach, and I know you had your misgivings uh, with I Rex still Ryan, do. <laughs> um, but the defense has lo- obviously Re- anywhere Rex Ryan goes, the defense will look better. Well, you really know, good. Although, as you would probably point out, Buffalo's defense last year under Jim Schwartz was pretty was, good as well. It was very good, actually, and it was still good this year. I think. I mean, the big problem I think last week against New England, we didn't blitz. Um, they went man to man, which was. Stupid, um, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I understand why they did man-to-man, because Brady can let go of that ball in two seconds flat. But I think if we blitz more, it would have put more pressure on Brady. We didn't put enough pressure on Brady, and that's why we lost the game. Really, that, that is why we lost the that game. That, and you have to find a way to cover Rob Gronkowski. Right, well, you yeah, know, which was... Uh, they did okay! They, did, they then, think they did okay but then, if you cover Rob Gronkowski, if you take away him... At what cost? Right. Julian Edelman. And he had a huge game. So, I mean, they have so many weapons. But the thing is, is I just think there should have been more blitzing done. And even and, and I said that throughout the whole game. And sure enough, Rex Ryan comes on at the end of the day. I, 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 I coached a bad game. I didn't. My defense didn't blitz. I, I didn't have him do this. I mean, he said exactly the same thing I did. I think if they go back to doing the blitz, the Bills blitz is unstoppable. They are great. Just keep going with that. I mean, you can't obviously do it all the time, but they scare the crap out of quarterbacks, and they didn't pressure hardly Brady at all. And if they keep pressuring the quarterback and they pressure Miami, we got it. Do you think Rex Ryan made too much out of a Week 2 game? Because yes. he's really he built did. it up. Do you he think did. that the players kind of, you know, kind they, of fed from that? They did. That they did. I think that was a problem, too. Um, you know, they should have been more built up about this game this week. Um, you know, I know Rex Ryan, No, I mean, it, you know, everybody said it. Nobody likes the Patriots. Let's just let's be real. I mean, I'm going to say it a little bit better English than... Hey, um, you're going to Massachusetts, so you're going to run into a lot of people who like the Patriots. Um, but, <laughs> but nobody likes the Patriots. We all know this. Okay, so, and, and that's a game where you're almost like, okay, this is going to be the one loss for the season, and because they're that good. I mean, I hate to admit it, but they are. They're that good. Any, anybody that's playing them this year, all right, there's our loss for the year. And just move on from it and go. I did not expect Buffalo to win that game last week. I was very happy with the showing that they did have, uh, especially in the third and fourth quarter. Um, I think that's going to carry on into this game. Okay. Uh, last week, Ryan Tannehill, the past Two games, Tannehill has done really well. The first two games. Yes. Now, the competition hasn't been great, uh, but he's completing two-thirds of his passes. No picks. Has three touchdowns. M- Miami's run game has been non-existent in the first two games, and maybe they thought they didn't need it um, in that game against Washington. Now, Washington actually doesn't have a bad defense. Not a great defense. Not a bad defense. Jacksonville has a pretty good defense. They do. Um, and they stopped the run. Both Jarvis Landry and Rashard Matthews had over 100 yards receiving for the Miami Dolphins. The question that I ha- have is, can the Miami Dolphins defeat the Bills and that defense without any semblance of a run game? If Tom Brady was quarterback... Yeah, because Tom Brady can throw 50 sometimes, yeah. I believe, like he did against uh, Buffalo last week and win the game. Can Ryan, can Ryan Tannehill do that? 
I am not inclined to think so. No. I think he's a better quarterback than what he was a couple of years ago I agree. last year. I, I agree. Think oh, yeah, he is. Uh, but I think our defense is going to rattle him. Yeah, they got to run the ball. Yeah, they if have they to. They can't run the ball, and Tanny Hill just drops back, drops back, and the Bills' defense is allowed to just pin their ears back. And I'm not a big fan of the Miami Dolphin offensive line. I think it could be a really long day. It's going to be a very long day. I think I'm going to be... All of Brooklyn's going to hear me hooping and hollering. Um, well, uh, we both agree. Like the Bills. We like the Bills on the road yeah. against uh, Miami. Miami's got to find a run game. They have to find a run game. Lamar Miller, 14 yards rushing. Uh, last week's leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins against Jacksonville was Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. 17 yeah. yards. They yeah. have to find a run game. And they're game. not going to find it against Buffalo's defense. If they, so. if they don't. It's going to be trouble. It is. Um, yeah. The Sunday night game, the Denver Broncos. You mm-hmm. mentioned that the Atlanta Falcons were a 2-0 team, but not an impressive 2-0 mm-hmm. team. Same here. About the Denver Broncos. 2-0. They defeat the Ravens after uh, they get the interception in the I end zone. Then against Kansas City, they have the come-from-behind drive to tie I the know. game. And as the Chiefs so, run, as the Chiefs run out the game. clock, Jamal Charles fumbles, recovered by Bradley Roy. Uh, touchdown when we all think we're going to overtime. The Broncos by smoke and mirrors, by hook and by crook. Although they have a great defense, number one defense in the NFL they in do. terms of total yards allowed. Yes, they do. But the Broncos, you have to admit, at least in one of those games, they got away. With it. Uh, they did. They yeah. got away. They should be one and one right now. They're one. And, they're two and zero. Oh. Yeah, but they, they should be one and one. They should be. You say they should be one and one. People can point and say they could easily be zero oh and two. They could be. Uh, they should, yeah. They well. I think, yeah, they could be. Could going be. To, could but be. the Kansas City game. game. They shouldn't have won that game. Yeah, um, and I was very upset with Kansas City about that. <laughs> I was yelling at the television. Yes, yeah. I know. And Brooklyn very, heard me. Yes, yes and and the very pro. Uh, I am pro Casey. Um, talk about Until they play my bills. And then yeah. I, I don't like that. Exactly. But that's okay. But the Denver Broncos at 2-0 and o mm-hmm. go on the road to take on the team who will play their first home game last. The Detroit Lions after two road games and two road losses. One to San Diego, one to Minnesota. They're back home. They're playing their first home game of the regular season. They still have Matthew Stafford, who has a little bit of an elbow injury, but he will play. Uh, They're at home, 0-2, primetime game in Detroit. You don't see that a whole lot. No, you don't. Primetime game in Detroit. 2-0 Broncos, good defense. Offense does a lot of question marks, well, specifically Peyton Manning and the run game and the offensive line. That's a lot of questions. Against the Detroit Lions, 0-2, desperate for a victory. This is a team, the Detroit Lions, I believe, won 11 games last year. Yeah. A lot of players on the team that made the playoffs last year. So, do the Broncos go on the road and come away with another big victory? Or can the Lions bounce back against one of the AFC's best? I'm going with the Lions on this game. So, you think the Lions can bounce back against the Broncos? I do. I, I, I do. Weekly say I do. I'm weekly saying that. <laughs> oh, so you're not so I'm not, sure. I'm not so sure, but uh, only because Denver's not playing amazingly great. I mean, they're, they're, they're finishing games, and I'll give them that. But the fact that, like you said, they've had to come behind and to win, and th- there's some shakiness there on that offense, even with Peyton. So let's, I, yeah, I'm going with Detroit. 
How they're gonna they're gonna be pumped for this game. So. Yes, yes. The Denver Broncos are only allowing now just two games. Yeah. It's against the Ravens offense with Joe Flacco and the Kansas City offense, which I know some people are pro Alex Smith. Others think he's just a game manager, but you have Jamal Charles there, uh, Jeremy Macklin, wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, who has done well. The Broncos, after two games, they've only allowed 243 and a half yards per game in two games. They are number one against the pass. Uh, They haven't allowed too many rushing yards as well. That Denver, do you think that this year for the Denver Broncos, that it's going to be the defense that has to carry Peyton Manning. Not can, has to. There's a difference between can no, and I agree. has to. Do you no, they have the to. They have to. Have to carry yes, Peyton Manning. They do. Yes, this year, absolutely, yes, they do. I mean, they have a good defense. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what's going to win their games. Um, I mean, uh, Peyton is not the quarterback he used to be. He's not. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. We all love Peyton. He, he's, you know, I honestly don't think he should have played this year. He, he's... Openly admitted, he has like no feeling in his fingertips and his throwing hand. I mean, so he just—he's just opened himself up even more. I know it's like what, scrutiny, right, even he, though he would have been scrutinized. We know that, right? But it's, yeah, I, I know when he when I saw that, I'm like, why? Well, that that baffled me. I'm like, why would you do that? He's gonna be in the back, in the back of, of everybody's mind, right? So you're you're making it harder for your te- yourself and your team by doing that. So I I don't see the rallying force. With the Broncos' offense, as we've seen in past years, um, they will—they are a playoff contender because of that defense. So, I don't think it's going to go down to the wire if they make the playoffs. I don't think they're just a shoe-in for the playoffs in their division, um, and because they're going to lose to Detroit. I mean, because that offense is, sh- is too shaky. So, the Broncos have had a good defense while Peyton Manning has been there, but. Peyton Manning has played so well or well enough that the Broncos defense hasn't had to be that good to make up for the shortcomings of the Broncos offense because there haven't been that many shortcomings with the Broncos offense the past few years. There are a lot of shortcomings now with the Broncos offense, and our uh, first highlight of that is Peyton Manning's performance. Right, of course. Um, And the run game, which has been non-existent for the uh, Denver Broncos as well. I know a lot of fantasy people. I don't do fantasy football. I don't know if you do fantasy football. I don't do fantasy football. I'm not a big fantasy fan. I mean, it's not a fan. I don't have time. (laughs) It's a lot of work to be on a fantasy thing. Exactly. Um, Exactly. But I know that it was tough for the Denver Broncos, or at least fans of players on the Denver Broncos in terms of fantasy, because I know C.J. Anderson was a running back that people picked early in the uh, uh, fantasy draft Mm -hmm. because um, the Broncos were going to run the ball more and take pressure off of Peyton Manning, so there was going to be more opportunities for the Denver running backs to do well. The Denver running backs have done terribly. Yeah. Um, They've done terribly. And if I'm looking at this correctly... It's almost a shock to see this, that after the first two games, the Denver Broncos ranked 32 out of 32 in total offense. Really? They're the worst offense in football. Really? I didn't think it was that bad. In terms of total yards. Well, because they're not running. They're averaging 259 yards per game total offense. Almost all of that is passing. passing. That's right. They're not running the ball. Well, I guess it's still surprising, though, to hear it. To see, yeah, a Denver Broncos offense. offense is at the bottom of the barrel. Bottom. 
Yeah, that's why Detroit's going to win, too. Absolute bottom. <laughs> Absolute bottom. Yeah. Denver Broncos. They know it, too, though. They're averaging 65 yards per game on the ground. That's 29th. And again, let me just confirm, because it's just such a shock to the system to say that the Denver that Broncos offense, in terms of total yards, dead last, is true. Right here, 259, 32 out of 32. Given all of that, Broncos 3-0. Oh, already. Broncos 3-0. Okay. Broncos 3-0. They'll go on the road and win, and then you have this conversation. How do they do that? Yeah, we will. We are going to do that. We're going to have that conversation. Well, I said my Detroit pick was weak, so. Okay, no problem. It was a weak pick. All right. Well, we end our week three third down and nine selections with the Monday Night Football game. The Kansas City Chiefs at one and one. I am sure every single member of the Kansas City Chiefs front office, players, ball boys, PR people, I'm sure all of them think right now we should be two and oh. Correct. They After should. the game against yeah, Denver. They, they let that one slip, and now they have to go into Lambeau Field to take oh, on the tough. team that I'm sure a lot of people think right now is the best in football if you don't think it's the Patriots or you just have a grudge against the Patriots and don't want to give it to them that they're the best team in football. The Green Bay Packers, they're 2-0. Impressive win on Sunday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. You have the Kansas City Chiefs. Having to put that game last Thursday night out of their minds and then go into Lambeau Field. They're professionals. I'm sure they won't say, I'm sure they'll say there'll be no hangover hangover effect. Mm, Will there be a hangover effect? Yeah, I think there's going to be. I I got Green Bay on this one. It's so hard to win there. And then you got Green Bay that's playing as good as the Patriots, um, if not better, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. It's Green Bay. All this with Jordy Nelson not playing a down. I doubt it. I doubt it all year. And, you know, a lot of people, I've heard so many sportscasters saying, oh, Green Bay's done. Because that one player being gone, I'm like, oh, you people are dumb. There's no way. (laughs) Um, No, they look great. They they look great. Hopefully they won't choke again this year. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, it's Green Bay. Uh, big win for Green Bay last week, and mm-hmm. some commentators have, set, have said this. Now, assuming that Seattle gets to 10, 11, maybe 12 wins, that the win that Green Bay had is important in terms of home field advantage. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's huge. Because if you want to play the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, you'd rather right, play at right, home right, than yeah. have to go to the Great Northwest and the 12th man. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I even if they have no hangover effect, and I believe there will not be a hangover effect, and I believe that they will play well. I do, too. I do, do. I, I do believe that it's going to be a good game. Yeah. I do think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, and, and you know, Andy Reid used to coach with the uh, Green Bay Packers, yeah. was there with Brett Favre, John Gruden mm-hmm. was coaching there, and all the other uh, head coaches and uh, assistant coaches that were there during the Brett Favre era that became NFL uh, head coaches, so it will be very emotional for Andy Reid to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to uh, Lambeau Field, Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's a pseudo-tight end wide receiver. He is is a breakout star and performer. He had a couple he of is. touchdowns um, in week one. Uh, I think Kansas City plays well, but not 
low enough. enough. Yeah, I agree with you. On the road in Lambeau. So we both have the uh, Green Bay Packers. So to recap, we agree on the Jets. We agree on the Cowboys. We are split with Oakland and Cleveland. We're split with Baltimore, Cincinnati. Split with St. Louis and Pittsburgh. And split with Denver and Detroit. So we have five games that we agree on. Four games that we will see who will have bragging rights going into week four. Uh, so that is our third down segment. And now our fourth down segment, where once again I present a hypothetical situation, and Holly will decide whether she will go for it and agree with the hypothetical situation or will punt it and will not agree with the hypothetical situation. And that hypothetical situation deals with... America's team. The Dallas Cowboys are 2-0, but of course, Des Bryant's gone, and Tony Romo is gone with the broken clavicle. He is out at least seven weeks. Let's stretch it to eight weeks. Let's say he misses eight games for the Dallas Cowboys recovering from his broken collarbone. Brandon Wheaton is the starter now for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have a great defense, Mm -hmm. as we talked about. The Cowboys have won games and won last week really without Tony Romo. Brandon Wheaton, as a starter in his career, is 5-16. and 16. That's his record as a starter. The next eight games for the Dallas Cowboys, home against the Falcons, on the road against the Saints, home against the Patriots, on the road against the Giants, home against the Seahawks, home against the Eagles, On the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the road against the Miami Dolphins. Those are the next eight games for the Dallas Cowboys. My hypothetical situation to you is this. Brandon Whedon wins as many games as a starter in that eight-game stretch, five, as the number of games he has won as a starter in his NFL career. Five. Will you... Go for it with that schedule, Falcons home, Saints road, Patriots home, Giants road, Seahawks home, Eagles home, Buccaneers road, Dolphins road. Can the Cowboys with Brandon Wheaton win five of those games and double Brandon Wheaton's win total as a starter? This one's tough. With that schedule, um, there's three right away. I know he's gonna. They're gonna lose. So that lives five. And I'm going to punt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know how good that question was gonna. That play. was really <laughs> tough. I was, I think, I, that's I, whoa. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah, I'm punting. You're I punting. I don't think he's gonna get. I don't so think he's, he's not gonna, gonna get five wins as a starter. I think he's gonna go four and four with that. Four and four. Yeah. Four and four. What are the games that you foresee? I know we have to predict these games in the future, but they're not going to beat New England, even though it's at home. No, they're not beating. Okay, yeah, they're not beating New England. I don't think they'll beat Seattle at home, though. No, I don't think they're going to beat Seattle because I think Seattle's coming back. And then the oh wait, what? Oh, the Atlanta was it? Atlanta Atlanta home, which is no, no, it was um, Saints home. Oh, sorry, Saints road, Patriots home. Giants Road, Seahawks Home, Eagles Home, Buccaneers Road, Dolphins Road. You know, I don't... It, 
Well, maybe he could do it. But I'm punting it. I'm going to say... Yeah, I... You can call the timeout and decide whether no, you're going to punt it. No, we, we I'm punting. No, I'm punting. I think they're going to lose more home games than road games. They should win those road games. I think they're going to lose the ones at home. That's the problem. So, yeah, I'm going with 4-4 four and four on punting. You're yeah. going with 4-4 four and four and Wheaton, assuming yeah. that he starts all those games and assuming yeah, that I don't the think they're going to I don't think they're going to beat Seattle. I don't think I know they're not going to beat New England. Um I think uh, But again, what makes this tough is that there are winnable games. Falcons, yeah. Oh yeah. Saints, Giants, yeah. Even the Seahawks, the way they've been playing, yeah. Eagles, Buccaneers, yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, I, I still, yeah, I'm going four okay. and four. I think he's too inconsistent. So, okay, so yeah. four, four and four. Four, four and four. four. So Holly's punting the I fact that it. Brandon Wheaton yep. can get to ten wins as a starter by the time those eight games yep. elapses, assuming that he does play those eight games. Right. If they don't pull Castle in. So if they don't pull Castle in, or if Tony Romo all of a sudden, oh, like Wolverine is a fast healer. Killer, right. Um, Which so I don't yes. think he will be. Okay. But, all right. No problem. That's where I am. All right. Holly, I can't thank you enough uh, for having me. Once again, we will see you down the road uh, for Down and Distance on A Lot of Sports Talk. It's been fun. Again, you can go to our iTunes page, A Lot of Sports Talk. You can download this on your iPhone, iPad uh, tomorrow. Uh, We will also have coverage of the WNBA Finals, especially if the New York Liberty make the WNBA Finals. We will have coverage of Games 1 and 2 from Madison Square Garden, so stay tuned for that. Even if the Liberty are not in the WNBA Finals, we'll have coverage of the WNBA Finals for you. And once again, stay tuned to a lot of sports talk for the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast as well, talking baseball, talking the very beginning of the 2015-2016 National Hockey League season. So thank you so very much for joining us. For Holly Culbertson, my name is Adeshina Koiki. We will see you down the road on Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. Take care. Bye.